This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. I am so excited to let you all know that I am going to be in Richmond, Virginia for the Allianz Partners Richmond Marathon, CarMax Richmond Half Marathon, and VCU Health Richmond 8K. I'm going to be emceeing at the start line, co-emceeing at the finish line. I'll be at the expo as well and hosting a meetup for friends and listeners of I'll Have Another Podcast This is the weekend of November 11th, 2023, and I cannot wait to meet so many of you there and hang out and enjoy the beautiful city of Richmond. So if you're going to be there, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram, lindsayhine626. Send me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. I'm going to put together some more information about the meetup I'll be hosting, and I cannot wait to see so many of you there. I know you've all been working so hard on fall marathons and half marathons and training, and this is such a great race. Uh, I'm excited to live in the area. Being in Raleigh, I'm only two hours from Richmond now. So really excited about this race and cannot wait to be there for the first time. I've never been to this race, so I am so pumped. And if you are thinking about running the race, make sure you sign up before September 16th because there is a price hike. Go to richmondmarathon.org and sign up before September 16th when the prices go up. I hope to see you all there and stay tuned for more details. Hey friends, welcome to all have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Today on the show, we have Lindsay Flanagan, fresh off her ninth place finish at the World Championships in Budapest. This was her fourth fastest marathon of her career. She has run 17 marathons, though. In this episode, we talk about how her training looked differently for for Budapest, and she's been working with her coach, Benita Willis, who is a legend in her own right, a runner out of Australia, and they have really increased her mileage and changed the way that she's been doing workouts over these past couple years. So Lindsay fills us in on that. Uh, Lindsay has had just a crazy successful couple years. She ran a personal best at the Gold Coast Marathon last year in a time of 224.23, which was a PR for her and a course record there. She broke the tape there as well. She ran three marathons in seven months last year. So busy, busy year for her. Lindsay sponsored by ASICS. And she is such a fun, upbeat, energetic person who I always love talking with. She's a seasoned marathoner at this point in her career and for sure, for sure, for sure, one to be watching at the Olympic trials in Orlando. I just love watching Lindsay's success and I hope that you enjoy this conversation with her. All right, friends, I wanna thank 2B4 for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This is a unique pre-workout that is made up of blackcurrant berries grown in New Zealand that contain high levels of antioxidants called anthocyanins. Blackcurrant anthocyanins are science-backed and benefit-packed. Blackcurrant berries improve your endurance, they kickstart your recovery, and they strengthen your immunity. You can drink it daily 30 to 45 minutes before you work out. I just mix it up with water and take it before a workout. I am loving it. 2B4 is offering an exclusive limited time offer to our listeners. Big discount here, 30%. 
Nobody does 30%. 30% off 20 packs plus free shipping when you use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at checkout. Just go to twobefore.com. That's the number two before.com and use the code Lindsay. All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with Lindsay Flanagan. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Lindsay Flanagan joining us. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. We we're just saying it's it's been a while since uh, we chatted. I think it was like February last year after New York half. So, yeah. so, so much has happened and so little has happened. So much has happened. Um, and then I think we also did that Instagram live after Paris. You have now placed ninth in the world in the marathon. Congratulations. Thank you. It's uh, It feels like it was forever ago just because I traveled and did a million things. But I guess in reality, it was like, you know, 10 days ago. So that's wild. I know I emailed you and you were like, I'm going to go to Croatia for a little bit, but then I'm wide open. Yeah, it's very true. It's like when you're not really running that much, I was like, I have so much to do. I've been up since four in the morning because I'm jet lagged. I was like, let's do this. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you traveled in Croatia after the marathon with your sister. That's so fun. Yeah, it was very fun. Uh, she, her and my dad came out to watch the race, which was like very fun, cool to have them out there. And then I kind of looked at the map and I was like, huh, this seems relatively close. And I've always wanted to go to Croatia. So yeah, we went down there for about a whole week. So that was, uh, it was a perfect way to like, like recharge after like all the chaos that was Budapest. You seem to do a really good job, like making sure that you're getting in your fun and traveling since this is your job and you get to do this for work, you're like, I'm going to also see the world other than just like on my feet running. Yeah, for sure. And it's like when you're in a buildup, like you're so focused, you're like, I'm not traveling anywhere. You know, you stay with like in this like five mile radius of your house. So I just like crave like, I got to get out of here. And like, of course I love Boulder, but it was very fun to like be abroad. Like I was in Budapest for like two weeks because wow. I got there pretty early and then was in Croatia. So when I actually got home on Sunday, I was like, oh, it's actually nice to be home. Oh my gosh. You travel so much. So I heard you talking about this on um, Mike. Mike's one of my friends. Mike oh, Cafuzzi. Um, yeah. I, he does the Relay podcast with me. So he's become a good friend. Um, but I loved his pre-world interview you did. And man, my jaw was to the floor when you said you were running 140 miles a week some weeks. Is that like, do, who else does that? That's crazy high. I know. Well, it's it's it sounds crazy when you say it like that. But like, I don't know, when you're kind of in it, you're like, oh, this is normal. It's just like another day and you're not really counting the miles. But yeah, when you when I look back and I like keep a training log, I was like, oh, wow, that was that was a lot of volume. But uh, it was fun. It was one of those things where we kind of said, like, as soon as your body like it shows it's not responding to like doing this much, obviously we're going to scale back because like if the quality isn't there when you're running that much, it's not really worth it. But I felt like I kind of thrived and I was running like my fastest workouts doing some higher volume. So we're like, okay, let's just like roll with it and, and kind of see how it goes. Yeah. You seem to be in a place where you're like, we talked about this, like last year you ran three marathons in seven months, which is just wild. This training cycle for Budapest, you did like higher mileage than you've ever done. So do you feel like you're in this place where you're like, I'm just going to try different things and see what works. And how did you get to the place where you can trust yourself enough to do that? 
Yeah. Yeah. Last year was big. Like it was one of those things. It was like, obviously it's kind of like an off year. I knew that, you know, I wasn't on the world team last year. So we're like, okay, let's mix it up. I did do the three marathons, you know, Paris, Gold Coast, New York. I also went to Copenhagen for a half. And I recognize now I, I did overdo it a little bit. Just like it's so fun to race, but like doing that much travel was like also a little bit exhausting. So I think I got to New York and I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Which was fine. And so I knew that this year it was going to just be a little bit different. I really wanted to do Budapest ever since uh, I ran that time in Gold Coast last year. So my whole goal was like, okay, let's focus on August. I had Tokyo in um, in March, which was fine. And it kind of gave me enough time to recover uh, between, you know, then and, and August. So this year has been a little bit different. It's been a lot more like buckle down and train where last year I was like, we're just going to race all the time. So kind of fun. Like at this point, you know, I'm like 32. I've been doing this for a long time. It's, it is fun to mix it up and you kind of just see what works and, and what doesn't. And you never know until you, you kind of try all these things. You mentioned you're 32. Like how do, how do you feel in the world of marathoning? You're now you're seasoned enough, but there's people that have been doing it even longer. Are you like, do you just feel like you're just in the middle somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I think I ran my first marathon. I was young. I think I yeah. was like four, maybe 25. So I've run a lot of marathons, but like kind of the way I was trained for the first like 10, I think I was running like, you know, like 70, 80 miles a week, like probably training more like a 10K athlete. So I feel like it's now that I'm finally, you know, in the more recent years, even since working with Benita, my coach, I feel like I'm actually doing like real marathon training. So in so many ways, it's a lot of it's new. I'm like, oh, I've never. Mm run this much volume or done this long of tempos or done two workouts a day and, and all those kind of things. So I feel like I've done a lot, but there's still so much I want to do and like learn from it. So yeah. How does that sit with you? Like, do you feel like one of the reasons you've had the longevity and you you're just like continuing to see success? You just recently ish ran that PR at Gold Coast. Like if you had been piling on these miles when you were 24, would you be burnt out? Would you have a lot of injuries? How does that sit with you? Yeah, I think like kind of, it's just been such like a long-term yeah. approach. I can't imagine doing what I'm doing now when I was, when I was younger. So I think it is. I mean, I know that there's this pressure. I feel like everyone's like, oh, I want to jump in and do everything all at once. But yeah. like, I had a lot of injuries when I was younger, just like kind of doing it that way where you're like, I just want to like succeed really quickly. And that's just not the way running works. You're like, I've done 17 marathons and it's taken so long to just like gradually chip away. So I think like it actually probably was a blessing that I was doing so little kind of early on. And now like I'm able to handle like double what I was doing kind of back then. Wow. Double when you say it like that. And back then, I mean, way back then you placed like top 10 at Boston. I mean, that was one of your early marathons. Yeah, I think that was, oh man, maybe that was like 2019, 2018. So yeah, yeah that was that was a fun year. Um, man, I forgot. I, I love Boston. I haven't been back in so long. So you say that, I'm like, oh, I want to do that oh, race soon. <laughs> but there's so many other things going on right now. There's so much going on. Um, yes, but in the best way. So yeah, um, yeah, it's been a long-term approach, but I think that that's been pretty good for my career. Did you know then that you were low mileage? And Did you ever think like, that you'd be doing what you're doing now? 
Yeah, I feel like back then, I feel like social media wasn't like as big. So like you're kind of in, when you're, it was probably a blessing too because you have no idea what people are doing Uh and you're not really seeing things like that. So for me to run like a hundred miles, I was like, that's crazy. Like I've never done, no one's doing a hundred miles. Then you learn like everyone's doing at least a (laughs) hundred miles. So so yeah, and I used to like cross train a ton and like elliptigo swim and like obviously I'm not doing like really much of that anymore. But again, there's so many ways to train and get like different results. So yeah, how would you have time to do that if you're running? You know, yeah, miles? I like my elliptical's in the garage. I love it, but you know, it's um, I haven't hopped on that bad boy in like quite a while. So, okay, maybe a boring question, but one has to ask: like, how are you staying injury free? Yeah, I mean, I feel like now, like I've like you know, I feel like I'm like sleeping better, like eating so much better. When you're younger, you're just like kind of oblivious to all that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, I think I eat enough. I think I do all this. But as I've gotten older, you're just like dialed more into that. Like I actually get massage every week. Where before I was like, eh, maybe like once a month I'll like get a massage. And and I think a lot of that I'm very lucky to have a sponsor. Right now I have like a budget for those kind of things. Where when you're younger and maybe don't have the support, you're like, well, I don't have like the money to go and do that every single week. And and things like that. And then like, I hate, I used to hate the gym and I still don't love the gym by any means, but this buildup, I was actually lifting like much heavier than I normally do. And for other people, it might not be that much, but for me, I was like, this is a lot. So it's just like all these little things that I think kind of add up and you're just like a little bit more durable. So how many days a week do you lift? Uh, two days a week. So okay. normally like workout days, sometimes like after the long run day, um, I sometimes I'll do like a little bit of like a circuit on a Sunday, but like most of the time it was like just two days. Yeah. And you're doing like super heavy stuff. Well, you know, for me, I think well. it's heavy. Like if I could do like the back squat with like, you know, over a hundred pounds, I'm like, yeah, I crushed it. Where other people yeah. are like, I'm sure they're like double that, but you know, I feel good about that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I know. I just did a strength class the other day. I, I, jo- I joined Lifetime. And I mean, the small amount of weights I had on this bar, but I was so nervous about my form. I don't want to hurt my back. For sure. And like, it's to the point where like, I can't really like lift the bar up. So I like have someone come over and like help me set it up there. And then I'm like, yeah, just, you know, I'm getting stronger over here. So. (laughs) All right, friends, this episode is supported by my friends at Prevenex and they have the best supplements. If you are looking for a multivitamin, a joint supplement, protein powder. This is the place to go. They even have great vitamins for kids. My kids take the super bites. Their products are all clinically tested and proven. And what I really want to focus on right now is the joint supplement. It delivers ingredients that are clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. So many runners are using this. I use it every day. And the main ingredients are proven to be up to five times more beneficial than ingredients you're gonna see in other products. They have an anti-inflammatory and pain reliever in them that provides additional support for the joints. I'm impressed, this genuinely worked. My close friend told me about this product and I thought he was full of crap, but my joints feel better after three days on this supplement, crazy results. The great thing about Prevenex is they have a money back guarantee. If you are not satisfied after 30 days, you can get your money back. Go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER and that'll get you 15% off your order. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that will get you 15% off your order. Also, when we last talked, you had recently-ish, I want to say, started working with Benita Willis, who 
Then I researched her and had her on the podcast, which was super awesome. I know. I listened to that one. I loved it. She's a legend. She's an Australian legend. And um, for those who don't know who she is, can you share a little bit about your history with her and why you decided to work with her? Yeah. So I kind of coached myself for a year um, in 2021 and kind of recognized I am someone who probably like needs to be reined in a little bit. I feel like I'm like, oh, I want to do all the things. And I kind of was like, okay, I I think I need to find a coach. So really took my time to kind of, you know, find someone. And my agent actually knew Benita. She used to train in Boulder, you know, kind of years ago. And he was like, oh, you know, I think maybe you should reach out to her. Like it could be worth at least having a conversation. Like he knew that she coached like recreational runners and and things like that. He's like, just see if she's open to, to coaching and, you know, someone like more elite. So I reached out to her, just sent a quick email and I was like, Oh, I would love to like, you know, chat, just like pick your brain a little bit. And at the time I was like, I even phrased it more as like, Oh, would you like mentor me a little bit? Can I like send you my ideas? And you like, tell me if that's good. And then uh, we hopped on a call and chatted and I was like, okay, actually scratch the mentorship. (laughs) I think I just would like you to coach me. And so that was um, probably July or maybe August before I ran Chicago in 2021. So it's been about two, two years. full years now. Yeah. Um, what are the biggest changes that you've made since working with her? Yeah, I think a lot of it has been like it's a lot more volume, which is great. Like for me, I've kind of found like I'm thrive with that and like just like aerobically have gotten a lot stronger. So like more volume. Um, I think like before I was just doing maybe like – probably closer to like 10k type work and this is a lot more like just like long steady like tempo runs which like of course are like not glamorous and they're so hard but it's things like that just like being uncomfortable for like 90 minutes you're like oh my gosh this is like daunting but that's going to be the marathon you're going to be uncomfortable for like two plus hours so I think just kind of changing little things like that um has actually been really good like I'm on the track still once a week so we still like dial into things like that. And she's just so smart. So like, Mm. if she tells me to do something, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm in. Uh, Who are you doing a lot of your big workouts with? So workouts are pretty much all solo, which is, you know, fine. Yeah. I feel like if you're like a track athlete, like you really need like people on the track with you. Like it's hard to hit those splits, but sometimes when you're just like in the grind of marathon training, you're like, okay, I'm just going to dial into this pace, like click it off. Of course, like sometimes you would love just to have like someone to like follow, but, um, most of the workouts are solo and then easy runs. I have like lots of friends in the area just that I meet up with. So how do you stay super tough though in those workouts? I feel like a lot of people thrive on like working off one another. And do you have someone like out there, like with your hydration and stuff? No, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, there's so independent, Lindsay. There's definitely days where you're like having a pity party. You're like, this is hard. There's no one watching me. But I'm like, yeah, but the marathon is going to be hard and more. I would say probably 75% of the marathons I've done, like you end up running by yourself for just such a huge chunk of time. So it's actually, you know, it is hard, but I think it's a good skill to have to be like, okay, I'm out here by myself. Like, But in a marathon, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of the work solo. And even Budapest, like, I felt like a more, maybe not as much there. I think I had people around for a lot of it. But you just end up, like, grinding away. Um, And I think of Paris last year. I think I ran, like, oh, gosh, it was, like, 18 miles by myself. So you kind of draw on this, you know, training that you've done solo. And, like, sometimes my sister, she's great. Like, we'll warm up together. Or, like, there was one day I was, like, being a diva. And she, like, went and brought me my bottles. And that was so (laughs) nice. And so, like, I, of course, have, like, support out there. So it's not like I'm just, like, you know, with with nothing. So 
a diva. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it to that corner. Can you go just drive and get all my bottles and bring them? And she was a champ. She did it. Oh, so. are you still coaching your sister? Weren't you coaching I her? I am. Yes. She is running. Oh, what is she running? She's running CIM. And she, nice. I think she's going to do the indie half. So I thought of you, obviously, your home, your hometown. Yeah. Are you going to go to that? Um, I'm not sure. I, um, I'm still like kind of deciding where I'm going to do my like Olympic trials training block. I probably won't stay in Boulder just because, I mean, I love training here, but the winter is just wildly unpredictable. So yeah. it's just easier to like kind of head out. And so. like, do you want to go somewhere hot? Yeah, I think I'm going to go somewhere warmer. Like we've thrown a lot of options out there. Like Australia's on the table kind of figuring out because it's summer over there, which is awesome. You're like, okay, it's hot, it's humid. And then um, just kind of figuring out maybe where I'll go in Australia because there's actually a lot of really good training spots. So, well, you're not going to be at Monumental Marathon if you're going to be in Australia. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to be there? I'm like, I'm not sure. No, but, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Well, if you go to Australia to train, though, would you be close enough to Benita that you would be able to do some sessions with her? I think so. Yeah. We've kind of looked at like she's in Gold Coast and then Brisbane is an hour away. Melbourne is like a flight away, but like, pretty easy to travel around once you're there. So um, it's kind of crazy where you're like, oh, I, I mean, I could go to Phoenix or something, but I could also True. go to Australia. So True. why not? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's very humid there. Um, so it's kind of like would mimic Orlando pretty well. And I'm at this point, it's like, you know, it's kind of fun to do training stints, new places. Like I was in San Diego for the Tokyo buildup and had so much fun kind of being there. So I'm open to other places. I love it. Um, yeah. I've been, I've been like, like making the Australian rounds. Like I had Lisa Waitman on the show. Yes. I, yeah. I'm like all about that. So I'm like, maybe if you go to Australia, you can train with some of those ladies. Yeah. And there's, I mean, they're so dominant too. I mean, like doing really well right and Lisa and like all of these people that are running super well. So I know, I mean, I, and I know a lot of them personally, so it'd be yeah. fun to link up. Um, what is your sister trying to do at Monumental? So there I think she's just going to do the half, but I think she's run like 72, so I think she'll okay. run. I think she, she'll be ready for a PR there. And like I think last year was like a little bit of like a wild weather year where people uh -huh, – It was crazy running. last year. She did the marathon, and I think she just, yeah, struggled. It was very windy and hot. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think she'll be ready to, to PR there. And then, yeah, CIM will be a good experience. I was like, the weather just seems perfect. Go yeah. there. She just yeah. needs a good experience at this point. So. Yeah. Um, the half marathon runs by my old house and in, in monumental. So that's always super sentimental for me. I know. Do you miss being there? Um, kind of, I actually just sent them an email and I was like, Hey, do you need me for anything? Because I'd love, I'd love an excuse to come home, you know, for and sure. then also like be a part of the race. So there's a possibility that I will go this year, but yeah, last year I was like kind of feeling a little bit sad, although I did go to New York last year. So that always kind of, you know. And New York was the day after because it was also, I think she ran, then I ran, and it it was also very hot. So it was just, it was a tough weekend. So it was so <laughs> hot. Um, okay, so when you ran your 224 at Gold Coast, tell us about, I, I mean, we haven't caught up since then. So uh, tell us about what that meant to you to break the 225 barrier and kind of put yourself on that list of really one of the fastest American women. Yeah, that was that was a fun race. And I, I think that race is so memorable, not because of like the win or things like that, but just because like my buildup before that race is in my mind was like the worst buildup. Like really? I had run Paris and it was a really quick turnaround. I think it was 
exactly 12 weeks from Paris to Gold Coast. So kind of had a later kind of start to it. And then of course, you know, you're kind of getting into the summer season when you're getting into this buildup. So I was like struggling to come back from Paris. I was like hot and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just not going that well. So kind of went into that race with like not huge expectations. I was like, all right, let's just go. Let's have fun. Like it's a good international experience. And like, I remember even talking about pacing ahead of time. And I think like Lisa had wanted to go out like in, you know, like, I think it was like 7130 or 72. And I was like, Oh, I cannot do that. I'm going to be like, way back. And then we got there and talked to Benita. And she's like, why not? Like, just see what happens. Like, just go out and, and do it. So um, it was fun, like got through halfway felt like pretty good and ran like relatively even splits. I think it was like 72, 72, 40 something. Um, and I think like, I just totally surprised myself. But I think also just not stressing out or having these like huge expectations actually really helped. So that was really fun. It was very cool to have, you know, Benita there. It's an ASICS race. So that was also exciting. And I, I knew I wanted to be on the team in Budapest. So I was happy to kind of like get a, a solid time to, to like be considered for that. Yeah. Tell us how that works. Like how did they select you guys for the team? Yeah. So it was just the descending order list. And I think last year I was I think I was like fourth on the list. And then of course, like people ran a little bit quicker this year. And we knew like some people, you know, would probably want to do like a Chicago, things like that for other reasons. So I knew it was going to be close, but I didn't actually find out until I want to say it was May, like maybe mid-May. I actually found out that I like made the team. I had finished a workout and I had like two missed calls, an email, a text. And it was like, you have 24 hours to respond to this. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of crazy, but exciting. Did, was it even a, like a consideration? Oh, no. For me, I was like, yes, I want to do this. This is kind of like, I mean, I was I was like, you know, totally okay if I had to pivot and like do Chicago or something. It's a great race. But like we had pretty much planned that I wanted to do, um, you know, Budapest. And so it was a little nerve wracking when you're just like kind of waiting to see like who's going to take a spot, who's not. And uh, I thought that I'd like solidified myself last year, but then you, everyone's getting faster. So then yeah, you, you just never like, know. And then so many of us had run within that 224 and it was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So um, so how do you decide, you know, how Benita before that race was like, just go for it. Like, why not? See what happens at the level that you're running at. There's obviously so much more on the table than some, you know, anybody listening to this podcast that's like, OK, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to like see what I do. And if I blow up, eh, I blow up. Yeah. But for you, it's like such a big deal. So how do you decide when you're going to be a little more risky? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Paris like tried to go out quick and then that just ended up being like a very tough course and like just didn't have anyone to run with. So I kind of felt like I went for it a little bit there. And then I knew I was running New York in the fall. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, there's, I just told myself like, there's no pressure. Like this is a race that like you've never done. Like you don't even know the course, you don't know anything about it. Like this might be a good time to just like see if you can hold on. And so yeah, again, like zero expectations. And then you get out there and I was like, I think we were like 71, 59 through the half. And I was like, oh, I actually like feel okay. Let's just kind of see how the rest of this like kind of plays out. And we did have a pacer there, which like I rarely have a pacer. So that was actually really nice to you just kind of shut your brain off and like just kind of follow them. Okay. So Budapest, let's go back to Budapest because, you know, we're doing this interview because you got ninth in the world, but obviously I just love to talk to you regardless, but we do need to talk about the race a little bit. Yes. Um, talk about your thoughts going into the race. I know you said you wanted top 10 and if it was a really good day, top five, mm -hmm. 
How did you stand on that start line and relieve yourself of nerves? And you had high expectations, but how do you kind of keep your mind mellow? Yeah, well, it was funny. Like, obviously, I talked to, like, Benita before the race. And then it was cool. Like, Terrence Mahone was there, who's obviously a great marathon coach, like Coach Dina. And I actually got to know him pretty well when I was in San Diego. Like, you know, he was there. Like, Andrew Castor was there. My agent was there. So I picked all their brains kind of ahead of time. And, like, the main takeaway, like, everybody said was like, you have to be patient. And it's so annoying as like a marathoner, everyone's like, you got to be patient. But I was like, okay, Lindsay, you actually do. And uh, in New York last year, when it was hot, um, I kind of made some mistakes. Like I was like caught up in the whole like fart licking, like going back and forth, like having so much fun. I was like leading the race at one point, which I had no (laughs) business leading this race. So I learned a lot from that. And I was like, okay, whatever you did in New York, it was pretty similar conditions, like 75 or something at the start. I was like, you learn from that race. You can't, you can't run like that when it's hot. Like that's how people like end up imploding. And that's what we actually saw a lot in Budapest. So picked like everybody's brains ahead of time and like was very confident that like I had the fitness to like pick it up in the second half when I needed to, where like in the past, maybe I would be like, oh, I can't negative split. Like that just Mm -hmm. seems like impossible. But this time I was like, okay, I know I can. If you can just get through, we said get through 25K feeling good and then you can kind of pick it up. And that's kind of how the race, you know, played out. So did you feel like anxious at all during the race when you kind of had to hold back when you saw everybody else go ahead? Oh, for sure. And like, you know, these women, like I know a lot of them and like, you know what they've done. And so I think even really early on, it even could have been like 10, 12 K and there was a huge surge and like, they probably had like 20 seconds on me. And I was like, okay, no, that was like a 318 K. That's like too early to be doing stuff like this. So I just kind of like was running. I was running with like Natasha Wodak or like giving each other sponges, things like that. So there was like a sense of calm. Cause you're like, okay, these are very good women. And we race each other all the time. Like just kind of stay here. And then it was funny. I just remember like all of a sudden looking up and I was like back with the pack again. And I was like, oh, that kind of actually worked out how I thought it would. They would just kind of like come back to me because they're always testing each other. It's uh-huh. like, yeah, I'm going to surge. Who's going to go? And I was like, I don't want any part of that. So there's probably no. women in front of me. And I was like, let them go. Like they can do their thing. I wasn't looking at splits, but you can tell when like see, something seems like it was like a pretty big like pace change. Yeah. And when you finished, tell me about those feelings. Oh my gosh. It was, well, it was funny. I'm like running. And I think at one point, like I was in like 13th and then I passed a couple of women and then I passed Terrence and this was probably like 5k to go. He's like, you're in 11th. And I was like, I don't think I'm in 11th. Like I thought I had moved up, but maybe I haven't. So then it was just like, you got to go. And then when I finished, um, someone was like, you're ninth. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Like, I think I was ranked 25th coming into this. So didn't really have any business being in the top 10. And so it was fun. And I think it gave me a lot of confidence to be like, okay, you executed your own race. Like you didn't get involved Mm with all the chaos up front and like championship racing is, it's so different than like a time trial type situation in Atlanta and not Atlanta, Orlando is going to be, it's going to be that it's going to be hot. It's like championship, like anything can kind of happen. So, uh, so yeah, I was, I was excited with how it kind of panned out. Yeah. So I'm assuming that gives you some confidence for Orlando. I almost said Atlanta. I know. I don't know why in my head. I'm like, oh, Atlanta. It, it yeah. seems like it was not long ago because it, it wasn't. But yeah. It, yeah, it does. And I think like in the past, I've actually really struggled in the heat. And it's just like, I feel like like Chicago 2021, I like absolutely imploded. I think I ran mm. like 
a positive split of like 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. So I was like, okay, like I think it was also one of those things mentally you're like, okay, you're not bad in the heat. You just have to be a little bit smarter. And there was like a lot of things that we changed to kind of be ready for the heat. So, I mean, while it's uncomfortable and like, I don't love ra- racing when it's 80 degrees, it was one of those things where it's like, it's not impossible and you can still do it. So yeah, 227. But you said you weren't, you had no idea. Did you, I mean, if you would have crossed the line and it said 225 or like 230, would you have known the difference? Yeah. So I knew, I knew halfway that we were like, I think I saw the the halfway split and it was like 114, 30. And I was okay. like, okay, I knew it would probably be pretty conservative. But then after okay. that, like never really saw any other split. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really like, we knew that this was going to be a slower race. So I wasn't really even thinking about end time, but I mean, 227 is still like respectable. So I was like, yeah. okay, so like a hot day and like a pretty slow first half, you know, that was good. And I've never run like a 90 second negative split. So I was like, oh, I actually, I guess I was picking That's it up. That's a big negative split, 90 seconds. Wow. Yeah. I am um, like, of course you feel like you're slowing down when you're like yeah. hot and you're like, oh, this is just not as fun as it was like, you know, 20 minutes ago. So I had no idea, but then I was like, oh, I did negative split. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Did you not wear a watch at all? So I did wear a watch, but like, I think the only mile I actually looked at was the very first one because like we were so bunched up and I felt like we were like walking and I was like, mm. I wonder how slow we're actually going. And then I looked and it was like a 5.55 or something. Okay. And I was like, okay, like this is definitely going to be one of those type of races. Cause you never know, like somebody might take it right away, but like no one really did that this time. Okay. So when did it get really hard? Man, when did it get hard? I feel like going into our last lap. So it was the four like 10K loops. Uh-huh. And it was um, it was like a lot of the course was shaded, which was nice. But like the sun was definitely starting to come out. So you make like the turn to start the like the final loop. And it was like you could tell that like the temperature is like getting hotter. So yeah, the last loop was one of those things. Like it was also hard because we were really strung out and like – I couldn't really tell like how far away the the person behind me was. So I think you're running a little bit scared at that point too. But I would say, yeah, the, the last 10K is like, it's always hard. But I mean, this time, especially because it was getting hotter. And what were you saying to yourself? Yeah, it was like, I had done this workout in Boulder that was kind of miserable, like two weeks or three weeks before the race. Like it was very similar conditions. It was like 78, it was hot. It was like a 13 mile tempo and it was miserable. And I was still able to like hit the paces, but it was just like so uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, Lindsay, this is the exact same thing. Like you just did this and you were fine. And it was one of those things. Sometimes you tell yourself, you're like, if I could just suffer for like 20, 30 more minutes, like you're going to be so happy, like in the end. So it was like, if you could just get over how you're feeling now and kind of think about like, okay, like you're going to be like elated if you can have like a solid day, then I just kind of kept thinking that. I love that. All right. A quick break to tell you about AG1, a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports the whole body. Okay. I take AG1 every morning, get up, mix it up with eight ounces of water. And that is how I start my day. Actually wake up wanting my AG1. It feels so nourishing. What I love about AG1 is it is a solution for the whole body support. It also saves time. It's just one scoop in the morning. You shake it up and that's that. It's science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health foundations first. 
If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Lindsay. That's drinkag1.com slash Lindsay. Check it out. And that is Lindsay with an E-Y. All right, friends, back to the show. Did you talk to uh, Kira and Susanna after the race? Yeah, like, I mean, we had talked a little bit before the race, too. Like, I mean, Kira and I were there pretty – Susanna came a little bit later because she was teaching, which is so impressive. Mm-hmm. But I got there Thursday. Kira came Sunday. So we had obviously spent a lot of time together, like, chatted a little bit about, like, how we thought the race was going to play out. Um, so that was fun. It was nice getting to, like, meet them and, and know them more in the lead-up. And then afterwards – um, I saw Kira like right at the finish and like, obviously like she very impressive, like she didn't have the day she wanted, but she still like stuck it out. And, you know, I think we were just like, yeah, that was really hard. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. I watched her. I just, when I was like looking at stuff to talk to you today, I just watched her post-race interview with Sidious and I was like tearing up. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't realize like what exactly went down with her and just when she kept saying, like, I finished so my kids could see me finish, I was like, oh, my gosh. I know. And that's just, like, a testament to, like, the athlete she is. Like, if you're not having a good day, it's so easy just to be like, okay, I'm going to pull out. Maybe I'll do something later on. But, like, to finish is, like, that's always huge. And she's, like, you know, very solid. So. Yeah. How do you make those decisions? I'm trying to think of any race I've ever seen Lindsay Flanagan DNF, and I don't know that I have. No, I haven't, which is like a good and bad thing. There's definitely been races where I was like injured and I was like, okay, there <laughs> to like, to like walk through that. But um, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, you owe it to yourself to finish. And I think I've always thought like, if you're not injured or sick, like you're just having like a tough day, like you need to just finish. Like it's different mm-hmm. if you're like have an injury or something, right. you should probably step off. And I've, I've learned that the hard way, like in London when I tore my hamstring and I was like, I'm going to keep going. And I, there was no reason to keep going at that point. Um, so yeah. And I think in my mind, it's like, I feel like once, if I were to like stop once, just because I was like tired and not having a good day, I think it gives you that out like other times. And I, I just don't want that to be an option. And of course, I mean, in marathons, a lot of times you're like, oh, if I just stopped right now, that'd be great. But like, it's better if you can just like kind of stick it out. So uh, I think that watching the pros finish Boston in 2018. Oh like, my gosh. I know that some people dropped because they truly were like. Hypothermic. You know, yeah. yeah. Like I know that there were some people that like they just needed to. But like I will never forget seeing Molly Huddle and Shalane like just like get down Boylston and just thinking, wow, these are people that we see like doing superhuman things, running superhuman times. And they're just doing anything they can to just get across that finish line. Yeah. I mean, women, that was like a day that like people were, people that have run like 220 are running like over three hours. And like, I think you think of things like that. You're like, okay, if these women could run like in the most like horrendous conditions and they can still finish a race, like just because I'm hot or I'm tired, like I should just fit. Like there's no reason why I can't get through this. So totally. So Coming off Worlds, heading into Orlando. So we have five months. Mm-hmm. The bulk of your training is obviously going to be like December-ish, January, yeah. November, December, January. What does this look like for these next couple months for you before you decide where you're going to land? 
Yeah, I mean, we. I really wanted to do Budapest too because it's early. I mean, we're done. Yeah. I mean, people are, aren't racing their marathons for another like five or six, you know, four to six weeks. So it's kind of nice like to actually get to recover. Uh-huh. And I think I've made the mistake before. I always run a marathon and then I'm like, I want to race in the next couple of weeks. And it, it's <laughs> never enjoyable. I don't know why I do that. But this time I was like, we're not doing that. Like I don't need to like jump back into racing. So actually like took a nice break, like going to ease back in. I'll probably do like – you know, something in like later October, November, but, um, we normally do kind of like a 12 week buildup any more than that. I tend to get like, you get too fit too early mm-hmm. and like, you just don't want that. So I'll probably start my buildup, um, probably exactly like 12 weeks out. So it'll be like, yeah, November, December, January, and then like February is go time. So when you start the buildup though, what's your base sitting at? Yeah. So when I'm not like doing a marathon buildup, I'm still running at least like a hundred, a hundred and like five miles. So we'll like get up to that. But then like once you kind of get in the buildup, it's like, okay, like I think how we approach Budapest was like a couple weeks of like 120 and then you're in the like 130s, upper 130s. And then I think like even like in the taper the week before with the travel, which is nice because it forces you to do a little bit more of a taper. I think even the week before I was probably like 95 miles. But of course that's like significantly less than the other weeks. So we'll probably spend about like eight, 10 weeks of like Mm. really solid work. Will Benita come for the trials? I don't know if she'll be able to come. They have their adorable little baby poppy. (laughs) But happy for her. I know. And if I'm in Australia, it'll be great. Like she'll be able to come to some workouts. I'll be able to go see them. I'm like, hey, I could even come for Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, So I'm not sure they will come to the trials, but um it's one of those things, as you know, once you're on the course, you're like, it's, you're just like dialed in. Like you don't even hear anyone where people are like, oh, do you hear me? And I always say, I do, but I'm like, I did it. So <laughs> I love that you say you do. I remember one time I got a mean review on this podcast because somebody was like, why does she ask people if they can hear her? Of course they can't hear her. They're like, running professionally. <laughs> no, but honestly, actually, I will, I will say like in the first 2K of Budapest, we had to do this like wacky little beginning loop. I did actually hear my dad and sister because like Aww. they were the only ones that were like losing their minds one mile in. I was like, okay, guys, let's like rein it in. We got some time. I but I did actually hear them, which was fun. Well, every once in a while too, you will lock eyes with a pro if you're cheering for them. If it's you're in like a part of the course that's like kind of like quieter or something like sure. that. And I mean like – Y'all are doing really hard things, but you're still human beings. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will actually say this time there was times where I did make eye contact with uh-huh. different people and like saw Terrence and like Andrew uh-huh. and people like that on the course. So yeah, I will say this time I was more like observant. How are you going to like rein yourself in? You know, like you're, you just, you've come off like two really, really stellar years and you have a chance to make the Olympic team. And so you want to train your butt off, but how do you remain in like a, is Zen the right word? Like a a calm state? Yeah, I think like, obviously like we did a lot of changes before this one and it was fun. This was kind of like our experimental build, but I would say like now I have the confidence to just be calm. Like, okay, if we just do this kind of similar thing again, we don't need to make big changes. Like just kind of like be calm, write it out. And I think also maybe when you're younger, you're really worried about what everyone else is doing. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, but what is this person doing? Are they going to be fitter? And I'm like, I don't care. I can't even think about what anyone else is doing, which is, um, that's taken a long time because a lot of times you're so worried. Like, 
oh, they're fitter because they did this workout. And I'm like, I actually don't care. Like I have to just be so like worried about what just I'm doing. So I think like I'm pretty at peace with that. Like confident in what I'm doing. Like, and I'm like, I feel like when you and your coach are on the same page, it also really helps. And at this point, I think we are. So feeling like pretty calm about everything in general. And then like that mental sharpness. Are you one that works with a sports psychologist? So I actually before Budapest, it was awesome. They brought a sports psychologist with. So I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. Amazing. Yeah. So chatted with him, which is nice. It's like, it's more, you just need to get like a couple little things that you're like worried or anxious about just kind of out there. And it was fun. It was actually, he um, was the person we got to like, someone would hand us our bottles when you're at a championship race, which is pretty nice. He was actually the one like handing me my bottles. And I was like, oh, this is great. We like talked. I remember the things we chatted about. And like, he was like terrified handing bottles because he was so Aww. worried he was going to do it wrong. And they're like, and I was like, you can't really mess this up. I'm just going to like run up and grab it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have worked with one in the past. And then even before this one, it was nice to like have that. So I think like going into Orlando, that's something I'll probably like want to do again. I mean, I would be scared too, because like if you didn't get the bottle, like oh, yes. it was my fault, I would feel so bad. And this was also like, they weren't just handing us bottles. Like we had written down what we wanted each 5k. Like, did we want a bag of ice? Did we want a towel? Like, did we want like a, like some other gel? So I think they were really worried also, like if we were going to be able to like grab the ice and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You were icing down like hardcore. Yeah, like I, even 5K and I was like taking the ice, like shoving it into my... Um, you just leave it in there? Well, yeah, but it was flapping around a uh, lot and I like ripped my back bib and then that was annoying because it was like flapping in the wind. Oh, I was like, yeah, but it was fun. Like I would just like move the ice and I think that was actually kind of what helped me uh, feel better later on because really early I was like 5K and like I ran, I ran most of the race with like ice tucked in my bra, which is like something you don't get to do that often, so... So are you like your life now before your build? Like, are you trying to get some like social time, like non-running, just like live my lifetime in? Yeah, for sure. I actually, I mean, this was a pretty busy buildup because I moved uh, into my new house like June 1st. So it was super fun. But whenever you move into like a new house, you're like, I want to do all the things and buy all the things and like be like putting up things on the ladder. And that was like, I didn't get to do any of that. So this is fun now. I'm like, oh, I actually get to like do my house stuff. And like, I can hammer things. If I want to get on the ladder, who cares? Um, So, so that is fun. And then also having like, yeah, like getting to like actually like see family. Like we, we just did Croatia, like getting to like, I don't know, you're a little bit more lenient. You're like, oh, I can like go out with my friends and, and do things. So I don't have to be up for a workout at like 6am. So. Um, yeah. When we last talked, I feel like you had just bought this condo and it, like it wasn't even built yet. It was like the land or something. Yes. And it was like, there was so many delays. I was supposed to move in in like November. I was supposed to move into January. So June 1st, I pretty much got into the house, uh, which is great. But it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to start fresh. I'm not going to have any furniture. And then I was like, you get into this house and you're like, I have nothing, like literally (laughs) nothing. And so then I had to like buy a bunch of stuff, had a bunch of stuff getting delivered all the time, which was really fun. And it was actually probably a nice distraction to just be thinking about like other things than just like you know, the running all the time. But, um, but yeah, so now I have time to actually like do all the house things. Okay. What else? What's going on with ASICS? Yes. ASICS has been great. I actually signed for four more years. Wow. This year, which is huge. I mean, that's going to be like 
a big chunk of my career with them. So they've been incredibly supportive. Like, you know, it was very cool. They're the, obviously they're the title sponsor of, um, you know, the world championships. So that was cool. And they actually had a house on the course that we passed eight times. So it was like nice. this crazy ASICs cheering fan zone, which was like very cool. Like, you know, my boss is out there and all these people I know that are part of the, like the ASICs team are out there. Like everyone that I met in Tokyo, like ASICs Japan was out there and I got to like see them afterwards. And it's, it's been great. Like, I mean, they're so supportive and I couldn't actually ask for a better company to be with and very cool that they're going to support me for for four more years four more years congratulations thanks yeah it's uh it was exciting I'm trying to think that Laura Green skit do you, have you seen her skit where she like is acting like each of the different brands yes she's hysterical like I love everything she does I watched this one recently it was like her running with like a dog and I was just dying because it was so on point of like uh-huh. <laughs> like the on leash or off leash dog or something like that that one so funny and I like couldn't get over it because like I've had people that have done that before like oh can I run with my dog with you and I'm like oh please don't please don't yeah bring the dog uh yeah but she's so funny and she was actually in Budapest she was in the when I got there yeah I love too when she does a skit like that where she gets people in her dms like giving her opinions about things. She's like, listen, this wasn't a reel about if I'm pro or not pro on leash or off leash dogs. That's like, not what my purpose was. This is some really, it was, it's high quality content. Like I love everything she does. I'm just trying to make people laugh. I'm trying to think though, what the personality of ASICS was when she did the one where she was like ASICS, New Balance, Saucony, they, Nike, and they all showed up at this meeting together. I feel like yeah. ASICS was like the really organized together brand that, was like also super friendly. Yeah, I feel like that that sums them up. Everyone's yeah. like they're very good at getting stuff done, but everyone's yeah. like they're nice, they're chill, like they're inclusive. Like I mean, it was fun. Like they had um in the house kind of that they rented. I think it used to be a club. Like it was this crazy cool building, but they had like drinks and food and massage and like all of these like people there all week and so I went to the house one of the days just to like see them and my suitcase had got lost so they gave me like a bunch uh, of like clothes so, so it was fun to go there for that and then my like sister and dad got to go there and they gave them a like a swag bag of all this clothes and they thought it was like the coolest thing so um yeah they they had like a very big presence there that's so awesome um okay well what else are you doing like outside of running now you're getting your house decorated are you watching any shows are you into going to any concerts Yes, I feel like I got into all the shows. Uh, well, right now I love only murders in the building, so okay. that's back. Uh, what else have I watched? I got into Black Mirror. It's a little dark, but I've been liking that. Um, we watched Jury Duty, which was oh, that was so cute. Yeah, and it was, was so a, funny. Such a, such a feel good show. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like you know entertainment wise. But then I'm also still coaching. Have a lot of athletes gearing oh, up for their right. own fall marathon. So I feel bad. I like didn't neglect them, but I wasn't available for like calls and everything for a couple weeks. So it's been pretty busy, like chatting with people like, you know, five hours a day now, which is fine because like, I want them to feel good and be ready. So I have a lot of, um, you know, coaching work to do too. So, I mean, I feel like people probably understand. Oh my gosh. They were (laughs) were the first ones to be like, Oh my gosh, we're so excited. And a lot of them stayed up watching, which was nice. Yeah. But I probably got so many running like Chicago, a couple doing Berlin, uh, New York. So it's, um, it's funny because like mine's done, but all these people, they're like, Oh, I haven't even like started yet. Like it's, it's what's the like average, I know this is kind of like, you probably can't put an exact time on it, but like, what's the average like time people, marathoners are running that you're coaching? Are you coaching more like sub elite people or what does it look like? 
I would say, yeah, most people, like I have a couple of people that are right around three hours or under, but I would say most people are between like 3.35 and like, you know, like 4.10, kind of like okay. right there. Like want to qualify for Boston, like want to like, you know, get like in their spots into all the majors, things like that. But super impressive that these people are like, kids, full-time jobs, like all this stuff. And they're still running all these miles and like traveling like abroad to these races. And it's, um, it's very fun to be a part of it. How do you decide like with the mindset of obviously an elite athlete running so many miles, how do you decide like, okay, say, say that you have an athlete that's like, I want to break three hours. Mm -hmm. Like, is this this person that I'm going to keep at like 60 miles a week or can we get you bumped up to like 90? Yeah. So I have like a couple people that are kind of like right around that like three hour mark. And they're probably, they're definitely my people that are running more, like probably like that 60 to 80 miles where realistically a lot of people like can only, can maybe only run six days a week. And they're maybe around that like 50 mile range. But I mean, I do have a couple people that have like gotten up there and and one lady I coach, she's awesome. She got to like 80 miles this past week, which is huge. Like that's a lot of volume. And I, And like we had done Boston, a buildup with her for Boston and she was like in the 50s. So very cool to kind of see that like progression. Wow. Well, Lindsay, I am so excited for the trials and so excited that you just play so well at Worlds. Like just big things you're doing recently. (sighs) We're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun year. Um, and it's, it was good to like kind of end the marathoning part of the year on like a good note. And I think it just kind of sets you up like mentally and physically for kind of the next one. Yes. And I hope that you get lots of good, like some chill time, even though I know you're still running 100 mile weeks. Uh, well, no, this week, this week is very chill. I was even given the option, like, you can only run five days if you want. I was like, I might actually do that. So oh, that's amazing. <laughs> What's your sister's name again? Kaylee. Kaylee. Okay. So we're going to all make sure we're cheering for Kaylee at the half at Monumental. And at CIM. And actually this morning, you know her, an indie, an indie native, Rosie Edwards is out here for a couple of weeks. I I always, like Rosie knows all of you pros out there. I mean, she's a pro with you, but like I always forget. And then I see pictures with people with Rosie and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, she's like so fast and so friendly and her husband is doing a rotation in Denver. So they're in Boulder for a couple of weeks. So I got to run with her this morning, which was lovely. What is Rosie doing? Like what is she training for? Yeah, I think she's got a couple. I think she's also doing Indy Half. So nice. she's going back home. Fun. Her and Kaylee are also doing the, um, oh, is it the 10 miler? I've always wanted to do it in Minnesota. Um, they've got a couple races like oh, that. Oh, like Twin up. Cities. 10, yes, the Twin Cities. Yeah. 10. yeah. Um. Yeah. So is she run like she is she the same pace as your sister? A little bit yeah, faster. Think, yeah, she's run a bit quicker. She's run. Oh man, she's run fast in the marathon. I think she's run like two thirty, two thirty one. Yeah. So yeah, her and Kaylee, they should like they've run pretty similar half time. So I think they can probably help each other um, kind of in the races, and maybe they'll even get to do some workouts while she's here. So oh, love it. All right, Lindsay. Well, thanks for coming back on the show, and um, best of luck. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And I mean, we'll talk again with, it won't be a whole year next time. No, no way. No way. (laughs) All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Lindsay, for coming on the podcast. Y'all make sure you are following Lindsay on social media. She is Lindsay underscore Flanagan 24. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hine 626. If you'd like to support this podcast and any of the shows, in the Sandy Boy Network. Just go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine. To learn more about this show and all the shows in our network, you can find more information at sandyboyproductions.com. 
And that's where the show notes are with all of the links to sponsor discount codes and everything Lindsay and I talked about. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week. And I'll have another.